Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. it's thursday and you know what that means glad that intro pops every guest i have on the show by the way what is that (laughs) (laughs) welcome to another edition of day after dynamite i'm will washington welcome to day after dynamite and i am joined this week by my guest he is a guy you hear me talk with all the time. Well, I have talked to this person on a podcast and in my group chat every day and every week for the last year and some change. He's media man. Every single day. Yeah, he is Righteous Reg. It's your boy in the building, media man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster here on Dad. Your daddy is here on Dad. Righteous Reg, your boy. Holler, holler at me. Hello. After a really fun show, my Twitter's been blowing up because I said it was a fun show. I don't know. It's, it's crazy here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, though? I, I got a message right before the show that I wanted mm-hmm. to read. Um, yes. And it was a kind message. And it was from somebody in AEW. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was surprised to hear this. And so I wanted to read this on the show. Uh, but it said, Dad is on at three, right? And I said, yep and said, cool, I'll be there. Truth be told, Dad is the only post-Dynamite show I watch and trust for feedback. You always keep yourself informed on what's happening on our show, so your feedback is valuable to me. Uh, Sorry, it said your feedback to me is more valuable than even the retired wrestlers who talk about it. So that's cool, can't wait to watch. And I, and you know who it was, Reg, but, wow. um, W-O-W. but I was, uh, very pleased to hear that. And thank you. I, I appreciate the, the kind words. Um, and yeah, th- again, I, I don't even know what to say to that, but, uh, other than thank you and thank you for checking it out. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about on this show. Uh, as far as 
what we thought about the show. I think we are probably going to fall on different sides of it, Reg. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but, so. Uh, but yeah, uh, I am ready to, to talk about all of it. First off, I want to let everybody know that you, that's right, you, can send us your Super Chats and your Humper Chats. You both uh, help support what we do here on the show. They help support Grab City. They help support um, just Fightful in general. Um, send us your Super Chats throughout the show, and we're going to read those um, during the show. And we want to know what you're thinking, what your feedback is as well. And again, you help support what we do. If you go to HumperChats.com, um, that's one of the best ways to support what we do. Uh, that's our Streamlab solution. Uh, again, it's HumperChats.com. And I'll uh, make sure. I know uh, somebody got on me the last two weeks on Grapsity specifically for missing a couple of Humper Chats. I'm going to try and be a whole lot better about missing the Humper Chats. And the f sad part was the one, uh, the person reached out to me to tell me that I had missed it. Let me tell you, um, I I saw that one during Grapsity, oh, but for whatever reason, like my brain read it and then didn't come back to it when it came time to talk about it. So I never brought it up on the show. Uh, so I, I, I pulled that one aside and I, I wanna make sure that we get to that one. Speaking of Grapsody. Grapsody. We're on a special day tomorrow. We are. Uh, and that was part of the reason I wanted Reg here is to really hammer into people's brains that Grapsody will not be on on Saturday because pretty much you can guarantee if there's one of them Saturday afternoon pay-per-views happening, we're probably not going on a Saturday. So exactly. we will actually be on Friday this week. So join us. Uh, me, Phil, and Reg will be here on Friday to talk about everything from the week. And there's a lot to talk about this there's week. There's a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we're going to be previewing um, Crown Jewel. Mm -hmm. So definitely check that out. I mean, credit where it's due to Crown Jewel. The the tone around the Saudi shows has completely changed. You're right. Uh, I mean, the Except for a couple you, of days this week, it's been yeah, a, little, a couple of days, nice. but for the most but part, for the most part, it's been way different than the first show they ever did was like, you would have thought that some wild shit was going down the way that people were talking, the way that people were reacting to everything surrounding it. And well, this time were, it's been way different. Yeah. People were looking at them as like one kind of throwaway shows. They looked at them mm -hmm. kind of like those old, um, like the old international WWE pay-per-views used to be right. like global warning and, and insurrection. insurrection and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The, mm -hmm. the uh, capital carnage, it's like, mm -hmm. eh, these don't really matter. They, they're not really like canon. We're not even going to really promote them on TV. They'll just kind of happen. And then we move on. Uh, but then no, these like greatest Royal rumble was probably that. Cause no one's ever referenced Braun Strowman as a rumble winner again. Mm -mm. But uh, after that, they have pretty much just become mainline shows and mm -hmm. nobody's really angry about them anymore. They have just kind of fully been accepted into the, the Lexion of, you know, you're uh, going to get some big giant wild match. So people are kind of <laughs> like, they're actually interested in the shows now. Cause they're like, what could happen? Like we've seen Sean Mike bald head Sean Michaels before. So we, we can see anything. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> So that because that's happening Saturday, we'll be doing Grapsity on Friday this week. It's still at noon Eastern, nine AM Pacific, and uh, there's there's going to be a lot more content. Usually, like remember, we were for a little bit doing Grapsity on Sundays, but now I have a Sunday podcast, so I can't do that anymore. So uh, either way, busy, again, busy, busy man over here. I know. Uh, I have. I'm doing five regular podcasts at the moment, and then uh, I guess. 
a little bit of a way ahead of time announcement. I'll be on the Survivor Series post show. So that week I did a count. I'll be doing six podcasts that week. Wow. Uh, and I just I podcast a bunch. You know who also does crazy. a lot of podcast content and also just does a lot for Fightful in general? He's just somebody we are incredibly thankful to have around. It's Mr. Jeremy Lambert. Will Washington! <laughs> yeah. Hey, you don't get to be on the side. Yeah, you got to go. be stuck Thank in the you. middle. There mm-hmm. we go. Come on. <laughs> Will, up? you want to start a podcast? I don't feel like you do enough, honestly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What's going on, dude? Like, when are you going to get to 10 already? Come on. Yeah. I know. Uh, well, like, <laughs> you got to do twice uh, a day. <laughs> like, shout out to, to uh, Carrie, who noted on Twitter when I posted the picture of myself at 25 and at 35. And she was like the guy, and she's been listening to me a long time. So shout out Carrie, who uh, I think probably goes back to 09, I want to say. But she pointed out in my 25 picture, she was like, hey, that's a guy who uh, would talk about wrestling and Power Rangers and Mariah Carey and The Simpsons for four hours on a podcast. And now here's a guy who talks about wrestling and Power Rangers and uh, Mariah Carey and The Simpsons for four hours on a podcast and i'm like i'm pretty sure and i did the math and i started adding them up and i'm like that survivor series week i'll have done 11 hours of Ooh. podcasting that week so four hours that's that's if i'm lucky four hours uh but anyway jeremy Hi. how are you i'm i'm well i want to say that i don't like the accusations that grab has to move to friday because of this saudi show i think that's complete nonsense I feel Grapsody is far more important than this Saudi show. You guys should be on Peacock. On it. The, the Saudi show should be, I don't know, can just bin it, honestly. It can be in the trash can for all I care. Uh, but you guys <laughs> should be running and then, you know, tell the Saudis to kick rocks. That's how I'm I saying. Are they should like move their show back at least, right, Jeremy? Like, yeah. Come on. What are yeah. you guys doing? I, I don't I don't get it. No one wants to see Logan Paul. Even though oh, I he's going to win the title. Go over. Yeah, I'm trying to see yeah. him go over. So he's going to win the title. Wait, wait, wait. No one wants to see Logan Paul. I could have sworn <laughs> I sat on a fightful round table with you, Jeremy, <laughs> where you were all over this, where you were like, no, this is the best thing. More freak show wrestling. Logan, I that's really, he gets married and the things just change, change, change. I, see I, I forget here. a lot of the bits and the jokes that I do. <laughs> well, I can't keep this stuff straight. Okay. I think I, I booked Logan Paul to win the title by beating Austin Theory this Saturday. And then, Logan and Cody at WrestleMania uh, is going to be the Whoa. headlining match. Uh, that's where I'm going. Wow. Okay. Rock and Roman, Logan and Cody for the title. That's that's where I'm at with it. That's the window with that one, huh, Jeremy? I see what's I, going on. I here. can't keep track of all the stuff that I do. You got to get you a know, little know. notes app or like a little journal. Yeah. Or something to connect them, connect them all. Yeah. <laughs> no one pays attention to me. I say whatever I want. People are just like, ah, mm-hmm. ha, ha, Jeremy, he's hilarious. Right. Hey, Jennifer that's wants to this. mention, she says, uh, can we just talk about how amazing Reg's hair has been looking lately? Oh, thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, I can appreciate we talk about that. how amazing Reg is. Mm-hmm. Reg is, I mean, you know, what's absolute that? best. Absolute. Yeah, has has there been a change in the hair routine? Have you just tightened? What's no, going on? No, nothing really. I don't know. I don't know. I have to get dressed for because we have a video podcast. That's it, and I just do my hair. <laughs> you get dressed up for this stuff. I mean, I got to put on a shirt and you know my oh, hair. Fair. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Sometimes I'm just wish like we were just all audio because I'd just be naked in my bed. <laughs> all of these podcasts. I mean, the thing is, I would say we don't know what pants you, you got but... on. Do you have pants on, Reg? <laughs> do you have pants on? Yeah, I do have pants on. I'm only gonna throw Anthony Scats under the bus, but there was one time 
where we were doing a podcast and uh and it was just audio and we i think we were talking about christian or something and he did the like chest slap of christian but it sounded like bare skin and we're like whoa, 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 whoa stop <laughs> <laughs> This guys, do you have a shirt on doing this show? Because there's no way you do. Mm-mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Who actually cares? I'm with Reg. If this stuff was audio only, I'd be in underwear maximum. Like, I'm I mean, the thing is, hey, you have no idea what's from the waist That's, down. I know. That's what I'm wondering. Do you, do you have pants on, Will? No, Reg, I, I have pants on all the time. Like, I just like, I, I, you never know when you might have to quickly jump up and then like our podcast <laughs> is over immediately. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am in uh, gray sweatpants mode. Um, Same? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Will. <laughs> it's that time of year. I see. You it guys. is. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I like literally right before this, I just. I want to say finish the workout, but also like didn't really finish because I looked at the clock and was like, "Oh, this show's not gonna happen if I don't like stop." So, oh jeez. <laughs> what do you have is pants going on? on here? What pants? You have pants on? Oh yeah, my right. god! Look at this. Come on, you on. guys! Sweat sweatpants crew, y'all are being weird. But listen, listen. <laughs> I came here to fucking party. Right here, Reg. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here, you guys? Listen, they there's announced a- there's beans, there's all kinds of well, shit. Going well, on. what happened was as soon as they announced AEW Lexington, I said, Well, I gotta get ready. I gotta get ready. <laughs> I'm not gonna pay for those Rupparina snacks. There's no way. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get my paper plate. I'm gonna get my aluminum foil, yeah. and I'm gonna like pour them on the plate. I'm gonna take a plastic fork, and I'll just carry that in. I'll run into no problems at well, all. Well, you are SRS. They'll let you in with the beans, I think. So I was I was in Toronto, and I went with one of my friends, and she was like. Oh, yeah, like because I wore a fanny pack through the airport and all that stuff. She's like, "Oh, you didn't bring that." I said, "Well, you're not allowed to." And she goes, "Well, we don't shoot each other here, so it's not a concern." <laughs> oh. She was like, "So you don't have to worry about taking clear bags, fanny packs, all that stuff." And I was like, "My God!" I was like, "If Reg moves to Canada, think I of know. think of all the 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 stuff he could farm oh, and just <laughs> smuggle in." It's looking better and better every day, honestly. SRS over there in Canada. So. I mean, you know what, though? I I was literally just looking at Toronto flights this morning because, uh, as the folks may or may not be aware, but the one and only Miss Mariah Carey is uh, going on her... Will's time to shine. It is my time to shine. But look, she doesn't do concerts that often, but she announced... At first, it was uh, two concert dates, and I'm looking for the Merry Christmas album. Ah, there it is. Um, Merry Christmas to you. Um, I wasn't supposed to tell you this, but Jimmy got his wife second row seats. Wow. Look at Will's All face. The sh- <laughs> look on Will Washington's face. Oh, my gosh. He's about to cry on this show. Oh, no. And he would have got her front row, but they had already sold them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had 
the full. I'm sorry, Will. I had to do it. No, he specifically. Here's the thing. He specifically oh told me to not God. tell you. Yes, right. And Sean, Live within like air. the first second of Mariah being oh, brought up, is like, whoa, whoa. Let me just kill Will Washington immediately. It was. It was a full day after I was told. I held okay. out for at least 24 first hours. Ah, you really held on to that scoop, Sean. Listen, Look at you. Yeah. If aggregators could hold off. Mm-hmm. For for twenty four hours, I'd be swimming in twenty thousand subscriptions right now. <laughs> I did it a favor. Let me let me tell you. I was even looking at tickets this morning, and I was like, "Oh, I could probably like pull off a hundred dollar seat or some shit." You know, uh, it's it's a nosebleed, but at least I'll get to see Mariah. Because let me tell you, she's got. Originally, it was two scheduled dates. She's going to be in Toronto and then New York City. She's doing Madison Square Garden. Been in New York a million times. Been in Madison Square Garden plenty of times. But I was like, should I make the trip to Toronto? And then she added two more dates. So now she's got a second date in New York, a second date in Toronto. I have to go to this. You do. Toronto's a great city, too. It's just a matter of where. Do I, you know, do I do this in New York? Will expense all of this. I sent Jimmy an invoice for my wedding because Sean was there. I filmed stuff for it. I did expense this stuff. I did pay for his like the what what would we call yeah, the it? Dinner, the, the, the dinner. The dinner before. Actually, yeah. And I was yeah, like, I'm expensing like, ah, this. But I will say there like consider as as I look at how Scotiabank is set up, there really aren't bad seats there for this. I'll say that. Having been Canada Scotia. is the move. Well, Canada is the move. Yeah, I mean, Canada, it, it, Canada in December. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm not sure which I'm going to do, but no matter what, you will see me in my, I think there's a Mariah Carey Christmas hoodie. I think I have a, uh, I have all my Mariah Carey Christmas stuff and you will see me decked out for, and oh this boy. is the second Mariah Carey album. I know that, look, I should have Merry Christmas around here somewhere, but Merry Christmas to you was just as good. I actually think this has the better version of All I Want for Christmas is You. This has the, as it was called, the, uh, the extra festive version. Not to be confused with the super festive version that has Justin Bieber on it, but the extra festive version that was just had the cool little Disney intro. Uh, anyway, that's my what, Mariah stuff for the day. I, I want to know what you think of that meme going around that I saw on a jukebox that was like, if you play All I Want for Christmas is You before December that. 1st, it's skipped, and it can only be played one time a day after that. What are your thoughts? Ah, just give me a phone call because it's my ringtone currently, and you'll hear it no matter what. It's crazy out here. It is. What Don't is call me during the show, though. Not, when it's not November. Is it a NBA on song? NBC, Brown Ball Rock. Okay, that's not a good one. Yeah, that's, that's my go-to at all times. Look, you grew up in Jordan era. That's... That's yeah. the song you associate with basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, true. go Nuggets. Nuggets play tonight. But anyway. They play the we, Thunder. They play the great, best player in the league, Shea Gillis Alexander, MVP. Okay. Yeah. I'm just letting you know. Mm. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, How about right. those Raptors? Nah. Scotty Barnes is looking nice. Do you like he that? is looking nice. He is looking nice. Reg, what, gave... what's up with the Warriors? It's early, Jeremy. I know yeah. it's coming. You know what's going to happen at the end of the season. We're just You're still the champs, right? Let like everybody that's... get their little shit. Everybody's like, we're looking great out here. Wait till the end of the season. It's over. I mean, the, no, the Lakers you, are 2-0 and since Will Smith showed up and slapped everybody <laughs> in the locker room. Mm-hmm. It's true. And the one of those two was against the Nuggets. And I... I don't know what to do with that. I did not. I knew they had to win eventually. I didn't want to be that one, but 
I'm going to ask are. Sean here since we're on air. What are you doing on Sunday, Sean? Maybe going to the Bengals game. I don't know. Are you? Because I got invited. They're playing the Panthers, unfortunately. And yeah. I'm thinking about going myself. I'm thinking about going. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk. We're making let's deals. Talk, yeah. Baby. yeah. <laughs> we should. Let's I think we should. Hey, also, I just want to say while we're talking about basketball, looks like the Jazz and the Cavs both won. Like, yeah. They both won that trait. Now, I don't know how I'll feel like six years from now when the Cavs don't have a draft pick until the next decade. But, hey, if they resign, if they happen to resign Donovan Mitchell, seems like it's a winner. Kevin Love is playing like he's 25 again. Look at him with arthritis in his knees, I bet. I'd love to see it. So the wheels fall off, baby. Love to see it. I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm not sharing my beans. Uh, before I leave, I do have one thing to say. Everyone go support our friend, Cher Delaware. She had surgery today. Go she did. say nice things to her. Go, uh, She has GoFundMe. She has other things that you can subscribe to. However you can support her and help her out, go help uh, Cher Delaware. All right. I have Bye, nice Will. things being sent to her house. Yes, so... she does. She lives <laughs> yeah. in the friggin' middle of nowhere, though, because we tried to send her something. They're like, yeah, it'll be there next week. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. Huh? I just learned that today. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have something sent to her. And then I'm like, okay, I forgot. Yeah, insane. It, it ain't like normal shipping where I get no. stuff same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Bye, Will. Bye, Reg. Y'all have a good show. Hey, peace, Jeremy. Bye, bye. All right. So let's talk about some stuff because AEW made some news this week, uh, and there's a lot being discussed. The hmm. What story do I want to start with here? <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering which direction I want to start. Mm-hmm. But uh, here, here's what we'll go with. Uh, start with Colt Cabana. Yes. Boom, boom. Uh, he was the surprise opponent for mm-hmm. Chris Jericho. Some people, uh, Jason to us, uh, may have guessed that. Mm-hmm. and some people adjacent to us convinced me and i was uh from the, that point on i thought that's who it was going to be and that's who it was so look at that yeah. uh that's who it ended up being mm-hmm. and a lot of people are seeing this being a message i'll say this as far as the word out of the locker room uh people are really happy yeah that's that's it uh i heard mm-hmm. in one direction um that people are really happy and i've heard in another direction people are really happy mm-hmm. uh and it just seems like it's coming at me as a um cult was is somebody highly respected in the locker room yep. and nobody necessarily wanted to see him um ostracized for any reason whether or not they believed that it was because of punk or it was a symptom of punk or whatever nobody wanted to see that for him when he came in kind of with such fanfare in the locker room in when he came in in 2020 a revolution Mm -hmm. everybody was like oh my god we're so glad to get to work with colt and colt was a big help behind the scenes a lot of Mm -hmm. people just liked having him around another veteran that's on the roster that can double as a wrestler and as someone that's been to all the shows so you know you can go towards him yeah people are pretty upset i think in the beginning when all this started happening because of this everything we're saying here they love colt cabana and they were like they didn't want him to get caught up in this thing that he doesn't really have any control over it's like it's not his fault 
that he's in this position to be sent away somewhere. So, yeah, it's been pretty great reception. That Trent tweet, I think people were kind of navigating to of him being like, for the boys, because like, that's a, th this whole thing just seemed like a morale boost for, you know, across the board. So I think yeah. that that's a great thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. The people I talked to um, have all kind of said, we're just happy to see him back and in kind of a drama free way. Right. Like the, there wasn't any um, like confrontation over it or anything like that. It was just that, you know, he's got a good attitude and people were like, we were just happy to be around him again and mm -hmm. we're happy to have him around. And so, yeah, it, it was um, a boost. Now, of course, the question becomes, yeah. um, we saw WrestleVotes put it out there that WWE saw this and is very aware of this and uh, raised some eyebrows, you know, because what could this mean? Does this mean that they have officially drawn a line in the sand? Does mm -hmm. this mean that uh, they pretty much have decided in favor of the elite and CM, uh, the elite and Colt Cabana versus CM Punk. Um, time will tell. Mm -hmm. I don't know that necessarily to be the case. It doesn't feel like it, it to me, honestly. I mean, I think, especially with it being Chris Jericho and, yeah. and never thinking about everything Fightful Select reported with Chris Jericho's involvement in uh, Brawl Out. I you can at least say that. From Jericho's perspective, there was probably a message sent. There's some connection. There's yeah. Some connection. Uh, and I don't know. I don't. I. I still. If you heard what I had to say about the song Rhapsody, um, I'm still not willing to say everything's just done. That's because, how I feel too. Because at the end of the day, wherever CM Punk goes, whether that's uh deciding to go back to AEW like AEW takes him back and and he resumes this comeback run or he returns to WWE either one is going to have to be some kind of water under the bridge right like it's yep. not like punk left WWE on great terms and it's not like nobody's you, accepting it, him back with open arms like Vince is gone yes but also he had problems with Hunter too like it's not as if either any place CM Punk goes to wrestle that's not just like New Japan, I guess, is gonna be a pill for somebody to swallow. Yes. And I'm not sure who that's going to be. Right. So I'm not willing to to make any anything declarative right now. Right. Uh because I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm just landing on that. I don't think this moment last night is the re like it's not like that's it CM Punk's gone forever they did it because like next week Cole Cabana could be gone again like I think this could just be one isolated moment everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That does make the 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 it, it helps Chris Jericho with the locker room's morale if he has Colt Cabana come out, has this big moment, but that doesn't mean anything for anything to me. Like that's I mean, just I, this I, one isolated moment for me because it's pro wrestling. So we're, we're still a ways off from CM Punk being a factor in anything. Exactly. Just because he's still hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether, you know, he comes back and I mean, whatever they have to do when it comes time for him to return. Right. I don't know what that's going to end up being, but for exactly. now, um, like we're still a lot of month, like six months off of that, right? Like so, the whole wrestling yeah, landscape can change in that time, you know? Yeah, it's a severe injury. Like mm-hmm. there, guys, there are contracts up in the next six months yep. that uh, exactly that could also be a big factor. Um, yep. mm-hmm. And yeah, we we just we don't know. We don't know really anything. Uh, well, well, I take that back. We know something. Yeah, we know something. Uh, <laughs> And, and just in regard to the show, we know some things. Right. Uh, and first off, I want to read Van Twin Blade. He sent a super chat that says, I have a joke. What is Shibata's favorite bread? <laughs> Shibata. Pretty good, Van Twin Blade. I'm not mad at it. It's that after dynamite, so it works. I'm a little mad at that, actually. The um, joke? You don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to get that off? I get. No, I understand. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got a humper chat. Uh, this one is from Dana. It says, uh, for dad, that's me. Um, it says, without a full field, who do you see winning the full gear eliminator tournament? When it was announced, I immediately went to an Ethan Page, Ricky Starks final, but with no attempt being made to heat up Starks like they have Page, I'm not sure. Um, well, they're supposed to announce more participants this week. I still think Ricky Starks could win it, depending on who's in it. Definitely. Um, I mean, it all depends on, I think, if we're pretty set on the idea that MJF is winning the title, who do you see being a big enough... So let me look at the calendar really quick. So Full Gear is November 19th. Mm-hmm. So then that means there'll be one, two... Three episodes of Dynamite between Full Gear and uh, Winter is Coming, which is December 14th. And so it becomes a case of who do you see having, I guess, the best potential three-week program with CM Punk. Like, obviously, at CM Punk, with MJF. Um, like, it's something that's obviously going to end very quickly. But mm-hmm. who do you see being able to have that program with him? Um, I would like to see it be Starks. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that's really the only way to make sense of him just like not being around after beating Hobbs and now Hobbs is around. So getting heated up, baby. We're going to talk about that later. I think it's better in this position of exactly what you were explaining for it to be Ethan page, because I don't think, I think he's quicker to come back from what the loss to uh, the eventual loss to max. And he'll be able to build up enough heat throughout these next couple of weeks to be a viable contender. I don't think Ricky should come back and then immediately being in a losing program. That just doesn't really work out for me. It'll be great to see him in the title picture, I think, but I think he can get there a different way. Yeah, I could see that. 
uh, Rerun says uh, for Dad, this show started on such an odd segment that it was hard to recover after the Cole pin drop Carter and Jeff Jarrett reveals. This was the most Mad Libs episode of Dynamite ever. Rick Ross, uh, <laughs> Lamar, Shibata on Rampage. You crazy, TK. Um, I mean, like it, it was clear that they're trying to do stuff to to heat up that episode of rampage because uh it is in atlantic city it is live Mm -hmm. like they added tyson to it Mm -hmm. um i think i think looking at it from the standpoint of the audience that rampage has why would you do this in front of that audience and not from the standpoint of rampage has that audience we've got to build it up and i think they're more so looking at it from that perspective uh and let's see and then we got um Always a great one from Jennifer. Jennifer, you're always the best. Uh, and this one simply says, uh, Happy Dad, gents. Thank you. Uh, Thank just sending you. some Thursday love. Last night was wild. Shibata, Hobbs looks amazing. Or Hobbs looking amazing. Nyla being hilarious. Hater and Tony booked. Moriarty got the show out a bit. Um, Yeah. That was... I like the show, man. I, I see a lot of people saying they don't like the show. Like it's, I've seen more people say they don't like the show than they do like the show, and that just goes to show that don't listen to the critics if you like it. That that's all that matters. But I don't really. They catered to me, so I understand <laughs> why. Like Rick Ross is on the show. I'm going to say it's a great show. It's me, you guys. Like no one should be surprised about this. Like it's all downhill from there. And then to end the show, how you ended it, you think I'm going to be like, that was a bad show. Rick Ross is there and my big homies holding the belt up as the show ends. You guys, it's catered to me. Lee Moriarty got a match. Swerves there. Like come on. it's, for, it's can, for me. I can see why Reg is really happy with it. And there, there are things that on the show that made me happy. Um, Caden, by the way, says, Hey, gents, I submitted my first AEW media app. I hope you get it. Um, yes, let's go. I know I just got approved. Uh, I don't remember how I got to put ago. some things in. They're announcing a whole bunch of shit. Uh, like uh, six months ago, I was like, When is AEW gonna ever come here? Now they're just gonna live here in California very soon. And I'm I know, I was so matter of fact, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask Sean about the that Lexington announcement, which is really odd to me because they're running they made an announcement on this show they made a few announcements but they announced that they're doing their first portland show that's huge um big they're gonna then, be so hyped over there in portland for this shit yeah so that's seattle and portland same week and then they also announced the fresno show uh the week after the um la show so this is big west coast run and then lexington kentucky which yeah. is like so far east over there yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like yeah we're gonna do all these west coast shows and then not even stop anywhere along the way we're just hitting kentucky Mm -hmm. and i thought that was a really interesting one and these are all the bigger arenas um i know in lexington that's what a 20 something thousand seater Mm -hmm. and so they're gonna they're hitting all the major arenas fresno one is where they have all the if there's a big concert that comes through that's where it is like that's i've seen some shows there. i've seen raw there like it's yeah, they're they're really going for it. It's not yeah. the small places like they're going for where the arenas is, where, where the arenas are. And I'm just excited because it's new markets, man. I get I like I love you guys in Texas, but every two, three weeks in Texas is crazy. <laughs> like we like stuff over here too. like come and enjoy the West Coast. So. I mean, I will say they hit like right off the bat. They're really trying to because um, as a matter of fact, well, this segment on, that the me... first segment of the show is going to lead us into uh, yeah. some more live events talk. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think about this for a sec. Uh, 
So they announced two. So what? That's five shows that are announced for 2023. And mm-hmm. the only one of them that's at our, an arena they've already hit is um, Kia Form uh, right. in LA. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it's all new venues just to start. So it's like kicking off 2023. They're trying to kick it off with a, all right, AEW is hitting new markets. And hell, even right. to end 2022, um, the they're hitting Denver, right? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, granted, while I was annoyed that they said uh, making our Denver debut, and I'm like, <laughs> nope, you guys were here three years ago. But it had been three years, and all that was pre-pandemic, and so... I can absolutely see how somebody like didn't even realize it'd be a new show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, we haven't been to Denver. It's like, what you have. Mm -hmm. Um, and (laughs) the, uh, that, that was the second to last show before the pandemic. And so we're trying to forget about that. That's why. So we're just like, Nope, it's new. This is the first time ever. Don't remember the first time. (laughs) And I was there at that show. And I remember a lot of people disappointed that Kenny didn't wrestle because mm-hmm. Kenny had broken his hand at Revolution, Shit. punching the mat. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 hey, remember Randy Orton was doing his, like, yep. shoulder thing? I mean, he was doing mm-hmm. his, like, pounding the ground, and then all of a sudden dislocated his shoulder. Shit happens on your own Sammy time. Zane, remember he did his entrance and just threw his arm, and he <laughs> dislocated his shit? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's hard out here. Yeah, this is it's wrestling so what happens mm-hmm. um but yeah i remember people were really disappointed that kenny didn't wrestle on that show but otherwise that was the because i remember the main event was a lot of fun it was scheduled to be moxley and it's just funny because this match could take place today and you wouldn't even know the difference it was world champion john moxley teaming with darby allen to take on chris jericho and sammy guevara literally a match that if they had it tomorrow on dynamite you'd be like okay that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah uh and then they jumped Moxley during his entrance. The Inner Circle did. So it ended up being a handicap match. Darby versus the Inner Circle. Mm-hmm. And Darby, that was when he did the hot tag to himself, um, which was a cool little moment. Mm-hmm. Anybody that remembers that. So the that- question off of that is, do you think Kenny Omega is going to be at this one? Yes, of course. And that's where <laughs> we're going here. Because the other bits of news that came out of the show, of course, mm-hmm. was that we had two vignettes that uh, were very newsworthy. The first one was the first time we've seen this footage again. Great. Right. I was at All Out. I haven't mm-hmm. seen this footage actually ever because I was at the show and then didn't watch it on TV. Right. So seeing the footage, it took me a second to remember where this is from, but we see John Silver and Kenny Omega in the ring and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what is this from? And it took like maybe half a second and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is All Out. Mm-hmm. where i was so I, i've never seen this as video footage right and then kenny uh and it has um hangman hitting the buckshot lariat uh accidentally hitting john silver and kenny pinning john silver um matt jackson has uh or might have been nick um has hangman locked up to stop him from breaking up the pin one two three mm-hmm. the winners of this bouts and first ever trios champions and then it pauses, and then the footage is deleted. They were in Avid, by the way. Uh, they delete the footage and then drag in. <laughs> Interesting the choice. Yeah. The uh, drag in the fo- I mean, that's what most TV, yeah. um, live TV content is, is done on. But uh, mm-hmm. we then see the footage replaced with Death Triangle winning the trio's titles from Best Friends. And then they cut to a graphic of a live event that had the elite with the belts in the middle 
and then they're deleted from it and replaced mm-hmm. it with Death Triangle. And then we cut to the AEW graphic again, the logo. The E dissolves first, and then the rest of it dissolves. I think that should have been a clearer sign because a lot of people were wondering what it's so stuff clear. Was. Yeah, what <laughs> last week's stuff was supposed to indicate. But if you didn't get it last week, this week should have made it fairly clear that not only are the elite on their way back, but now they have a target in mind. And yep. that target is Death Triangle. Because which... they never lost those championships, some trios championships. Never were pinned for them. Yep, never were pinned. And so it looks like we're going to see Death Triangle versus the Elite. When are we going to see it? Probably full gear. It's a match we've seen before. We saw But it at... with the chip on the Elite's shoulder, you know this is going to be <laughs> like, you know, like just them sitting and stewing at home for so these months <laughs> and coming back and like, all right, we're about to have this match with these guys. You know, this shit's going to go insane. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, because I was just thinking about how like, do you remember at all out the thought on everybody's mind was damn kenny is like in the best shape he's like been in yep. in in years damn mm-hmm. look at kenny yeah and then he like has got to do anything he's and gone so stewing it's going yeah, to be nice to see what they do and how they get to remind people of who they are uh but there was another trio that we haven't seen since in, in about a month yeah uh and as a trio we saw them last compete at all out and they had a video package as well. Mm-hmm. And that was House of Black. Mm-hmm. House of Black has returned yep. uh, or is returning on the way back. And you know what's funny is part of the reason people were calling for trios titles in the first place was because it was like, look at all these trios they got. They got Best right. Friends. They got The Elite. They got uh, House of Black. We've got mm-hmm. um, Death Triangle. Dark Order. Dark Order. There were all mm-hmm. these trios. And then it was suddenly like we looked up. Dark Order lost a bunch of members, yep. and then the Elite got suspended, and then uh, House of Black, there were all these rumors circulating that they asked for their releases, and it was like, huh, you guys don't really have a trios division anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had to run uh, Best Friends in Dar- uh, the Death Triangle a couple times because they, they were like, oh, yeah, we don't have any trios anymore. Yeah. There's like not a trios division anymore. Like You broke mm. up SCU, and even still um scorpio's injured so you couldn't even like run that back if you want to there's like no trios division what is happening here yeah and it is kind of nice that in one episode i suddenly feel pretty good about trios titles again um that i can look up and go okay the elite as trios champions actually have somebody you could almost immediately put them in a rivalry with like the moment they're back and uh, you could do, you could run back. I mean, you could run the elite versus um, House of Black in many mm-hmm. combinations. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I would love to see Kenny one on one with uh, hell. Give me a few buddy options. has been dreaming say, buddy, about this. <laughs> you could do Kenny and Buddy. You could do Kenny and Kenny and Brody uh, aspire too. Yeah, Kenny and Brody, Kenny mm-hmm. and Malachi, but yeah. then the Bucks versus uh, Buddy and malachi or Mm -hmm. there's so many combinations you could go with before you do the trios match like all of a sudden it really spices things up to the point of where i look back at something tony said back at uh, right before all out and he said Mm -hmm. that after all out this is going to be one of the best rosters we've ever had and 
Now it's just it was, minus one. Well, yeah, and so it was right because it was like, okay, I'm like at all out. We were looking at this crazy roster that's got all of these guys. This is gonna be nuts. And then it, like you got MJF back all of a sudden, the leader back. Like this is gonna be a crazy roster. And then. One hour later, it was like, it was actually, <laughs> there's no Elite. There's no CM Punk. Also, Malachi wants his release. Also, Buddy wants his release. Like, oh, shit. That roster that we were suddenly looking at uh, as being as, as good as it is is suddenly, like, not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is kind of nice to think about the idea that all of that's going to come back together minus CM Punk. Yep. And I know there Still are some people who would rather trade out having CM Punk for um, basically being rid of the elite, and that's including Hangman. I would say that is just to me. You're tripping. Um, and this isn't even taken aside because I like CM Punk. As a matter of fact, I thought CM Punk was having the best, or I won't say the best run of his career, but I will say that I was thoroughly entertained by what CM Punk had done this last year. Love CM Punk. But let's just look at this from the standpoint of running a team. If you had a sports team and you were told you could lose four of your star players but keep one star player or lose one star player and keep four, like, it's kind of, especially in the sense of you're running a company where you have to make matchups, so having more people is good, especially having more stars. No, it doesn't make any sense to me to get rid of four people to keep one when I can't even have that one right now exactly, uh, because that one is also injured. So like, I think I'm looking forward to what things look like after full gear. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming everybody's healthy. Cause then also there's, there's Cole to talk about, right? Like when is he coming back? I don't know. Yep. Adam um, Cole's still there. Now we have uh, hangman uh, questions on where, you know, how long he'll be out, what's going on with that. So mm-hmm. It's still everybody's saying he's in good spirits and that he's yeah. uh, he's still looking looking. Okay. So that's good. Um that you know, other they said he was pretty good like that night, but of course you gotta follow concussion protocol right. and things like that. But um everybody who's talking about it says that it's uh the, it's not looking like Hangman has a necessarily debilitating injury in that nice. regard. Oh, yeah, so, so th- then when Cole does come back, we could do your kingdom idea, and then there's another trios right there. It's lit. The trios division is pretty lit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, mm-hmm. there are options all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Um, Orion Ben says, so, Reg, Jeff Jarrett, huh? <laughs> May we always get bags. I Honestly, I have no idea. I'm very com- I'm as confused as all you are, too, <laughs> at yeah. this point. Well, and talking about the show itself. So the show opened up. Darby Allen, who got a big pop, by the way. He got a really big pop. He got a big pop uh, from that Baltimore crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to say, one of the things I like about the, what is it, the Chesapeake Employees Insurance Arena um, mm-hmm. in Baltimore. That's a hell of a is, name. I know. <laughs> uh, one of the things I like about that arena is how bright it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, well, Ace Shock says, so everyone in... Uh, a trios and ignore the tag division. That's the thing. Nobody's ignoring the tag division. Yep. They're still FTR. They're not a trio. They're yep. still the acclaimed. They're not in a trio. Like there's options. There's FTR. That's all you had to say. There, it's <laughs> this division. You could put anybody against FTR and it's going to be hot. 
La- so. But yeah, I, so one of the things I like about this arena is that the backdrop of it is white. And so what's interesting about that is that it gives it a brighter, almost unique view compared to every other arena. Like, I know right. this arena when I see it. Mm-hmm. Although, last time they were in this arena, the hard camera was stage left. And this time it's now stage right, like most arenas are. So it, like, was the arena we saw before, but almost, like, flipped from right. way, uh, the way we'd seen it. But, yeah, so we saw... Darby Allen go one on one in a rematch with Jay Lethal. Jay I like Lethal's- the match. I just want to say that. I want to start out by saying that. I think the ending I thought it was got better a little than the last muddy, match. but the match was very fun. The Darby Allen doing the die spot on the Satinum and Satinum just swatting them away was an amazing visual. I love That's it. a great visual. The, mm-hmm. I think that's the best visual. Like I had an idea for that with Braun Strowman years ago, where like mm-hmm. I wanted to see Roman Reigns like go for his spear and like basically just bounce off a bra <laughs> like mm-hmm. back in the i'm not finished with you days right <laughs> like i wanted to see like that was a spot i wanted to see i love that spot of anybody being super like, shredder a huge person being able <laughs> but yeah the super shredder spot somebody just being able to completely stiffen their body somebody goes for their patented spot and it doesn't even touch him uh doesn't mm-hmm. even phase them they don't move nothing um and I didn't even imagine that's how that was going to go when Darby went. Because Darby hitting them dives. Darby, when he no, hits he those dives. full force. <laughs> yes, that full force. Like, it looks like a bullet's coming at you. And for Satnam to basically just take it and he just bounces. The bro I didn't mean, even, like, he didn't do anything. He was just, like, off me. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit, man. That was amazing. Like, honestly, to me, if you can have uh, – Darby, I mean, if you look, I don't know what Satinum's actually going to bring to the table, mm-hmm. but little spots like that would yep. be a fun way to continue to use him. Definitely. Um, yeah, he didn't bounce, but yeah, the match itself, I thought this was better than the last one, and I think part of mm-hmm. what was better than the last one was how much more the crowd was into it. Yeah. I feel like they didn't really care the time before, uh, and so of course the thing people were anticipating was who was this mystery person that was going to come in and let me tell you when it was cole carter initially (laughs) as as fake sting i started writing a tweet that's all i want to (laughs) say i was initially like not only did you build this up for a week Mm -hmm. but i'm pretty sure like didn't he compete on Dark with the yeah, Trustbusters? Not Trustbusters, with wild. the Factory. Like, yeah. with the Factory just, like, a, two, a day ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was so unimpressed. It looked so wild for a minute there, Will. I was like, like, I legit sat there, and I, I was about to be like, this is. And then <laughs> things changed. But I've never seen a crowd more uninterested in a big moment than <laughs> what happened when Cole Carter was revealed as yeah. underneath that sting mask. Insane. Yeah. And so I was initially again, like, uh, why did we do that? What mm-hmm. does Cole Carter have to do with anything? What did Cole Carter know, even know about Darby to where he so says confused. he knows Darby's weakness. Mm-hmm. What? And then stings music hits and there's no sting, but Darby turns around and I shout at my screen. What the fuck is Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> Listen, because at this point, tell- Will, I wasn't surprised. That's how much Jeff Jarrett does this. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, of course. Here he is again <laughs> in another promotion 
doing it once again. He's been doing it for 30 years. You can't. Look, I mean, you, uh, it's it's a skill. Reg, it was only this. two months ago that Jeff Jarrett was the special guest referee again. <laughs> and again, slam. it was another moment where people were like, whoa, what the fuck, Jeff what Jarrett? Is he doing what is he? Here? Have, yeah, why, why Jeff Jarrett? What does he have to do with the Usos versus the Street Profits? Mm, why are we pulling Jeff sense. Jarrett in here? And so, and then again, he also, the day before that, or day after that, excuse me, after that, he wrestled Ric Flair. In his last match. I can't even, how do you even get into these places? And then WWE, like, gave him, like, an executive position for a while. Like, he was back. He was yeah. in the building, and then uh, he wasn't. And now. Right, and he was let go pretty much as soon as Triple H took over. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, the thing I didn't put together was, I forgot he did team with Jeff or with Jay yes, Lethal in that Ric Flair match. final match. Mm -hmm. Didn't even put these two together yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. So Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> what the fuck is Jeff Jarrett doing here? <laughs> so it was like he made an appearance in AEW, or so that's what we thought. And then yes. Tony Khan tweeted afterwards, "Nah, Jeff Jarrett is in he's here executive position with mm -hmm. AEW. He is." Mm -hmm. um, Director of business strategy. I mean, okay. So my wife asked me yesterday because she saw me react and she's like, what is the significance of this? And I said, babe, let me tell you the significance of this. Why Jeff Jarrett being in <laughs> AEW is just wildly Jeff My Jarrett. world. <laughs> and my world play. <laughs> when my world played, I was no, done for. First off. <laughs> No, that, no, it was before my world played when he said, and you can choke on that. I'm like, don't you say slap nuts. Don't you say slap nuts. And he goes, you could choke on that. Slap nuts. Listen. And then my world played. My and world. I, and I, I thought, done. oh, my God, everything has all come together. Like, Bro, I yeah. went right back to 2003, TNA and. Them, uh, I mean, like, choke on this slap nuts was WCW. He pulled yeah. it all together. Uh, but he did. So, Jeff Jarrett. I was talking about how my introduction to Jeff Jarrett was 90s World Wrestling Federation, yes. right? With my baby tonight, J E double F J A double R E double T. Mm -hmm. um, that was my introduction to Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Same. And then. <laughs> Cramby says, "Wee woo, wee woo, slap nuts." <laughs> How does it, it like? What is that song? He could take. He's taking that song everywhere, no Japan, matter where he goes. He's like, "Here's my CD. Put my song on right now." <laughs> I am picturing Jeff Jarrett walking in with the CD, just be like, "Hey, this is." <laughs> It's no, like a, they're like you can just send CD. Like you just send us wave files. Like nah, I got it in my car. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna let so, technology ruin my world, baby. So Jeff Jarrett leaves the World Wrestling Federation, '96, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. Goes and works for WCW. Mm -hmm. um, works an angle with uh, with Four Horsemen, Mongo. Mongo. Yep. And then uh, returns to the World Wrestling Federation in '97. And, like, you want to talk about guys who got the bag. Uh, so, first off, Jeff Jarrett returned to, to, in 97. They had him do a couple of shoot promos. Um, yeah. They did the sit-downs with him where he was talking about um, that he's back in the World Wrestling Federation and 
he's returned for Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin and Bret Hart. And it was like they did, they taped those before Survivor Series 97, but didn't run until after. So I was like, well, you kind of missed yeah. out on Bret Hart. Yeah, but um, he comes in and kind of flops almost like right off the bat. Yeah, um, nobody liked know. any of that shit. Yeah, nobody liked any of that shit. Mm-hmm. He ends up uh, with Southern Justice and... Uh, but I will say, 99, or the end of 98, 99, when he lost the, the hair match to X-Pac, mm-hmm. and he had to get, shave his head. I will say, he did kind of a 180 as far as like notoriety was concerned. To me, I know WWE never likes to I mean, you um, give talk up Deborah a little bit of credit too. Yes, Deborah he- got him over. Are you kidding me? The mm-hmm. the puppies mm-hmm. um, was it. So, um, Deborah got him very over mm-hmm. to the point of where, though, he was really over 99. He, he was. was so hated by WWE fans because he'd come out, the fans would cheer for Deborah. We want puppies, which is such a crazy chant when you think Why? about like literally, you just have fans just chanting, We want to see titties. We want and that's titties. like, uh, that's that an interesting thing. That was a chant all the time in 98, 99. We used to hear that, that every that week. The chant went to like 05. Like, yeah. there'd just be two women having like a banger match at that point, and the crowd would chanting, We want puppies. We want titties. I haven't yeah. really thought about that for a long time. That is wild. <laughs> oh my God. We want titties. Like, women are out there fighting their lives out, and the crowd. I was just like, we want titties. Like, what, dude? Nasty. <laughs> I know. Well, wrestling is the fucking worst place ever. Jesus. <laughs> Sick revelation right there. Yeah. Mm. And so, Jeff Jarrett, though, he ends up in what was probably his most storied feud in 99, yeah. which was his feud with China. He is the Intercontinental Champion. He beat um, uh, D'Lo Brown mm-hmm. after Mark Henry turned heel and uh, and all of that. So he's the Intercontinental Champion. He ends up in a feud with China. China is extremely over at this point. Super To the point high. of where, yeah, China was extremely hot. However, what was most interesting about that was... Uh, China was, of course, still tied to Triple H, mm-hmm. and, but it was like, but she's getting so over as a babyface, and it was so weird to have her like feuding with Jeff Jarrett earlier in the show, and then, but like in the main events, accompanying Hunter, and it's like, but we were just cheering her, and now we have to boo her because she's mm-hmm. helping Hunter cheat, um, and so what was interesting was that. Jeff Jarrett, of course, had his good housekeeping match at No Mercy 1999 against China, where this was the first time we ever heard that uh, (laughs) Jeff Jarrett managed to talk somebody out of the bag. Mm -hmm. And that was where, um, I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong on this story, but if I remember correctly... Jeff Jarrett was the Intercontinental Champion. Mm -hmm. But his contract had expired. Yes. As Intercontinental Champion. Mm -hmm. He was scheduled to face China at no mercy, but wasn't under contract and Mm -hmm. had no obligation to come in there. And, like, 
had no obligation to come in to lose to China. They wanted him to come over, but over China with no contract, and he has their belt. Yeah, and Leverage. he has the belt. <laughs> yes. And Jeff Jarrett, in his, I would say, most the, his biggest achievement bag moment, as the story is told, that he went into Vince's office, an hour later came out with a smile, mm-hmm. and apparently talked Vince out of three hundred thousand dollars, yeah, to do this one match to drop the title to China. Finesse, <laughs> finesse, bro. Three hundred k to lose a match, to to lose to China, mm-hmm. and that was it. And then he would never be seen again. You don't have to worry about me again. I'll give you your title, but you have to pay me. And he did. And he went to WCW. And I just thought about on the last episode of Nitro, Vince comes on the show. Oh and my fires God. Jeff Jarrett. Double G, double O, double N, double E. Gone. 300K. I would have did the same thing, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. Then Jarrett works WCW. And again, talks WCW into making him the guy. Yeah. And he becomes the main eventer of WCW. They gave him the NWO. He gets NWO silver and black. Mm -hmm. Jeff Jarrett becomes the guy. Ooh, the ship was sailed by then, boy, I tell you. And then Jarrett doing his thing. um, Yeah, like I said, he was the top guy of WCW. Got multiple world championship reigns out of it. And then WCW is purchased. Vince McMahon is like, I ain't fucking with Jeff Jarrett. Fuck that guy. Get him out of here. Jeff is gone. So Jeff manages to, the, he gets family together, gets all of the boys together, and is like, we're going to start up a new branch of the NWA that's basically going to center around me. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be the champion of this promotion, mm-hmm. and it's going to make me the biggest star, and it's going to be NWA TNA. But that isn't the biggest finesse he pulled off there. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Because you see, somebody had to finance this brand of pro wrestling. And that man managed to talk Dixie Carter, who had nothing to do with pro wrestling prior to this. Nothing. Zero to do with pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And talked her. Just a into, nice lady. <laughs> yeah, talked her into getting her father in Panda Energy to basically endlessly fund money into this promotion. Yep. Again, Jeff Jarrett, ultimate finesser. Ultimate. Got all of this money into starting a promotion that was really a promotion to celebrate him as a main eventer. Mm-hmm. Now, it eventually grew beyond that. They ended up hiring a whole bunch of people, including yeah. Kurt Angle. And somehow he finessed Kurt Angle's wife away from him. Because Karen Angle is more famously now Karen Jarrett. Uh, and so, what a guy, man. But, and then again, he leaves TNA. He starts up GFW, which, again, stop, I'm not sure wasn't a parting and following you. They'll follow you and then they'll unfollow you and then they'll follow you again and they'll yeah. unfollow you. If you know the history of G of that <laughs> promotion, you know that too, because I don't know what <laughs> things are weird. And somehow, GFW, I'm not convinced it wasn't anything more than like a Ponzi scheme. Right. But he somehow, with GFW, 
uses that to convince Impact to merge. Yes. Merge GFW, which doesn't like they had done those those tapings, those few tapings of GFW shows, and then somehow talked Impact into a merger of GFW and Impact. The show for a little bit, for like three weeks, was called GFW Impact. Mm-hmm. And this Vanessa. happened. This freaking happened. Vanessa. And then the there's a nasty breakup. He ends up pulling a whole bunch of stuff back. Impact claims that they destroyed all of the original GFW footage. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, Jeff Jarrett ends up going back to WWE. The guys he got $300,000 for one match out of. Mm-hmm. And he gets a position with them, um, working live events. Pandemic happens. Um, he's out of a job for a little bit. Shows resume. He is, um, what is it? It's a VP position of mm-hmm. live events. Yep. Massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, whether or not you can attribute it to him, who knows? But live events went up under Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Yeah. Like, the, it's a hard thing to deny. Mm-hmm. But again, I just named pretty much every major promotion in pro wrestling since Jeff Jarrett's existed. And mm-hmm. he's had a major role there. Yep. The only one I didn't name yet was AEW, where mm-hmm. he is now director of business strategy. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, if he had anything to do with the uptick in the upturn in live events last year, um, then good for him. Obviously, something's, you know, that Tony Khan tweeted that, you know, he's going to be working with, with Mookie and with, um, uh, um, and Raphael and and whatnot, and they're going to be, uh, and, and that's the thing. That's a lot of experience there. Raphael was the, Raphael was the live event coordinator for WWE for years, mm-hmm. and I mean he's been with the the AEW. He's been their live event coordinator since day one. But that's the reason that AEW kind of has off the bat the experience to be able to you know get in the door and get these arenas and and do all of that because they had Raphael, um, and to have Jeff Jarrett now who had experience building the live event scene for wwe last year and then on top of that um you also have mookie who's just amazing with business strategy of course uh mookie founder wrestlenomics and and everything along those lines so it's just it's a good team mm-hmm. and but jeff jared oh my god you I know just... what's super interesting about all this william is after the all out and we've been hearing it maybe for even a couple months before that a lot of people have been saying that tony khan needs help up there he can't do it all himself you can't book, you can't do all this thing. He goes and gets someone who has seen, as you have described, every single situation you can encounter in professional wrestling at all angles. And he got him to come in and help, and people don't like it. So what are you, I mean, what are you supposed to do in this position? So here's the thing. Uh, as far as people don't like it. I think they as think that they're going to come in and be the AEW world champion, and that's not. I mean, and, and you know what though? That's the kind of stuff that would scare me, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to do that. Right. But also, like Jeff Jarrett, we've and, seen it. We've seen him. <laughs> like, remember when? Because uh, I became a Jeff Jarrett hater around late '05, mm-hmm. and it was because Jeff Jarrett was. Yeah, I, I've watched Impact since the beginning. I think people should know. I watched when TNA Impact first showed up on Fox Sports Net. I watched it yeah. every week. They had the little 
the Fox box, they mm-hmm. actually had a timer on screen. When matches had a time limit, you could see it. That was actually mm-hmm. kind of a cool thing. I liked it. So you had Jeff Jarrett, who was world champion the majority of that time. There were multiple times he should have lost and did. I know where this is leading to. So summer of 05, the, there was a gap between FSN, uh, for those who weren't watching at the time, there was a gap. So Impact was on Fox Sportsnet, and it moved to Spike. But uh, it moved to Spike in October of 05. They left FSN, I want to say, at the beginning of the summer. So there were a few months in there where nobody was, um, or where Impact wasn't on TV. And so they started doing this online streaming version of Impact. I will tell you, that was the best stretch Impact has had to this day. They have not topped that as a run as far as television was concerned, as far as what they were creating. Who knew that it was really just because Jeff Jarrett wasn't on TV, so he re- felt like, eh, I knew nothing. Have fun. And, but they were putting on great stuff every week. I was really looking forward to the show. I was into that show. The very moment they got back on TV and they got on Spike, Jeff Jarrett becomes champion again immediately, and they hire Vince Russo. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Why did you think that the show you were doing online wasn't working? That show was great. Right. And you decided, well, now we're on TV. Let's put Jeff Jarrett back on. And uh, let's also, like, they took away the thing I was enjoying most in Impact and TNA. And they instead gave me more Jeff Jarrett Mm -hmm. and more Vince Russo style booking. I don't understand. I, do, I still, to this day, do not understand what the motivation behind um, all of that was. It was just... So, but that was Jeff Jarrett, the performer. Yeah. But again, kind of like Hunter, right? Like, Hunter, mm-hmm. the performer, when given the opportunity to be on top, was always on top, and it was obnoxious. Yeah. But people love Hunter, the booker. People love right. Hunter, the businessman. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, I'm not... If Jeff Jarrett's going to remain on TV, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't, th- yeah, I don't want to see him on TV. I don't, ca- I have no interest in this. If they're doing building to a Sting and Jeff Jarrett match, zero interest in that. But if he's going to come and help expand business, I'm all for it backstage. But seeing him with the guitar every week is not, I'm not. <laughs> I oh, can't. he left Darby in a pool of blood, too. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can't see that every week, though, is where I'm yeah. at. Can't see that every week. Mm. Um, Bag. He got it. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, again, the the ultimate, the ultimate bag getter. So yes. then we got an announcement. Uh, so it was announced last week that there was going to be a sit down with Renee and uh, and Soraya and Britt. And then we didn't get that um, mm-hmm. because uh, one of them wasn't in the building. <laughs> and so... Uh, they, I mean, and I get it. It's because um, all of a sudden, and you've heard from people that these these weeks where they're doing both Dynamite and Rampage are tough. I have heard uh, from people <laughs> yeah, that it's that they're rough. T- yeah that they are tough. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening now is that it's like almost like a brand split in a way, except right. not fully, but it's kind of like a okay. So we'll have some people work dynamite and we'll have some people work rampage and 
we're not necessarily going to call everybody to both. Right. Everybody's but... not going to just show up to Dynamite just to be there anymore. It's like we're going to bring everybody that's specifically needed for the things. Yes. With so, the live Rampage. Britt is working Rampage this week. So mm-hmm. um, there's some some shifting. But Soraya did say in this segment that uh, when she's asked by Renee, are you cleared? She said, um, I've been cleared by a lot of doctors, but there's one more doctor that I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What Who's does that, that mean? What does uh, that mean? Yes. What does that mean? Um, and she's going to tell us next week, though. No, but we know what that means. The yeah. one doctor she wants to talk to is Britt Baker, and yes. she's going to tell her she's cleared, and mm-hmm. we're going to announce that they're having the match at full gear. Soraya versus Britt Baker. We're actually getting super exciting. Three women's matches at full gear. Uh, it's going to be Britt Baker and Soraya. We're getting. Um, Jade Cargill and uh, Nyla Rose, and we did get announced uh, with a video package. Uh, Tony Storm defending the interim women's title against Jamie Hayter. Mm. Very exciting. Everybody's very excited about that match. Uh, all three of those matches are going to be heat, but the Tony and Jamie is going to go insane. Pay per view, they've been set up. Jamie's on this trajectory. The crowd's going to be. Way into to Jamie. Yeah, it's gonna be. I was gonna say it's gonna be tough for Tony Storm out there because the crowd is behind. I think Jamie's gonna Jamie's win. Right honestly, now. I think she really? is. Uh-huh. Mm. But uh, I just, oh man, it's so frustrating. See, this is where I get frustrated with everyone getting behind someone, and immediately they have to be the world champion just because we like them so much. Tony Storm's run. I know the Tony's run that she's great. been having is amazing. Like she, like. Like I've said before, everybody's talking about like Soraya coming in or Renee or whatever. Bringing in Tony Storm for this women's division has done more than anybody because she's been consistently every week doing what needs to be done to push this division forward. And that's just being out in the ring, getting time, having competitive, amazing matches. And she has carried that flag like no one else does. The only thing that frustrates me about, um, Jamie winning is Thunder because it's like it's this in, interim championship bullshit that it's like. Yeah, the part that's uh, going to bug me is that if Jamie wins, Thunder or uh, Tony Storm's title reign never counted. Exactly. That, that would be annoying. But that's crazy. Um, I will say that Jamie Hader would be like the reason I say capitalize on her mm-hmm. right now is that she is the most organically homegrown talent AEW's had. And now I know people are going to be like, well, she's wrestled other places. But I mean, as far as TV, the introduction to United States television is concerned, or even just the international television scene in general. Right. Jamie Hayter became known to fans via AEW. Right. She was introduced. And the funny thing is, introduced to no reaction. Remember when she showed up at, uh, when she got her All League graphic, when she first showed up? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she had those couple of matches on um, Dynamite in 2019. Matter of fact, I'm recalling Jamie Hayter, if I remember correctly. Remember that one time Jamie had that match? And then she's about to be interviewed by uh, Jen Decker backstage. And before she can talk, Brandy Rhodes comes in and pie faces Jamie Hayter to the ground and then points at Jen Decker and then walks off. And that was the start of the Nightmare Collective. Mm. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. <laughs> it's, uh, that's that's such, a, such a rare thing 
but uh that happened in 2019 mm. and then of course pandemic happened we didn't see jamie hater much anymore and then once touring resumed she came in uh on the first episode of rampage and she helped Britt baker and all of a sudden now jamie hater uh is now all elite. yeah but she was all elite but she got like no reaction there but it's been such a an organic rise for her and, and also the Britt Baker thing hasn't been like you're gonna give her the belt before you tie the the Britt Baker loose end sounds kind of weird to me. You know, because that loose that then hasn't been tied. What, what's what's it gonna work? I guess Britt can turn on her eventually. Well, so this uh, is what uh, I would do. This is what I would do. So uh, a lot of people have been comparing this to the Triple H Randy Orton story from 2004, mm-hmm. where. Orton won the title, even while Hunter was the top guy, and then they turned, and then Evolution turned on. Mm -hmm. I think that's the right direction to go if you have the patience that WWE did not have at that time. They did not. Like I remember Meltzer reporting, WWE is ready to have the next Rock in Austin. Yes, that was the way the story came out. Meltzer reported that they're ready for it, and they think it's going to be Orton and John Cena, and. It was like they took their time with Cena, but with Orton, they were like, no, it's got to happen like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so they just like put the belt on Orton, turned him babyface. None of this worked. Right. Do that with some patience is how I would, uh, what I would do here. Okay. I would go with the, like, I thought there would have been potential to the Orton and Hunter stuff if like you spent weeks of Hunter like, having to watch Orton. Yeah. Let Orton be the champion, not do it the next day. Yeah. The next day. That was why that sucks so bad. Mm -hmm. Like if you had had Hunter for weeks, basically Mm -hmm. like kind of side eyeing Orton, like, yeah, yeah, I got your back, man. You're my guy. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, slowly, but surely setting Orton up for failure before ultimately turning on him. Mm -hmm. In this case, same deal. Right. Um, Okay. I can see it. Where you would have Brit, acting like she's got Jamie's back this whole time. Like, yeah, I support you as champion, but in reality, she's like seething and wanting to eventually put the knife in her back. And eventually she does when it's time. Gotcha. Um, I think there's a way to do that. I just wouldn't necessarily um, do it as fast as ordinance. Yeah. Like don't, don't give Jamie the belt. And then at winter is coming, they're doing the Brit and Jamie thing. Like they need to be, they need to build it for a little bit longer. You think is what you're saying. Yeah, I would like yeah. to see, like, you know, Britt has always claimed she's had Jamie's back, but now that right. Jamie's the champ, does she have the same support for? I think yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Um, I think there'd be ways, but I think that that's the uh, fun way I would do it. John Moxley faced Lee Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. This was fun. I'm loving this. Okay, I had a question for you. I was thinking about this earlier, Will Washington, because I've been really into these world title eliminator matches, and I didn't mm-hmm. think I would be. But John Moxley has been on an amazing run, and I think it's been established that these world title eliminator matches are cool. Has anyone won a world title eliminator match and gotten a world title match yet? Uh, Riho beat Riho, Riho beat Britt Baker, okay. and then went on to get a shot against Britt Baker, where she lost at okay. Battle of the Belts. Right. That's a great thing. I'm just leading to that when someone, the great thing that John Moxley has been doing is when someone does win one of these, it's going to be a big deal. And I like that they've been doing these because 
John Moxley has been a present champion. All, all I ever care about is if you're the world champion, you're the world champion. I want it to be like the territory days, like Ric Flair would have five matches a week of being the world champion. John Moxley is the world champion every single time AEW Dynamite is on. If it's Rampage, if it's on Dynamite, he's getting a match. He's in a, a title eliminator match. And when he's in these matches, he's putting these guys over. It's not all about John Moxley. No match is ever a John Moxley squash match. He gives these guys the the opportunities to shine. He puts them over. At the end of the match, you're like, John Moxley could have possibly lost that, but he's a fighting champion, and you know he can't lose. I just like everything that's happening right now with this run that he's on. He's super well, fired. It's everything you asked for, right? Because yeah. your big beef with Hangman's run was that we weren't getting enough of it. You want to exactly. see the champ go as often as possible. Mm -hmm. And you're like, they're the champion. They should be here. And like, I'm happy he's getting it in now because the next champion we know ain't. <laughs> When is this guy ever going to defend the damn belt? He's never going to defend it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that Moxley is like a not nah, every damn week kind of guy. Yeah. And it's it's a good thing. Um, it's amazing. Moxley, yeah. uh, I, I think we said it before, but Moxley is my favorite AEW world champion because I think like, like Kenny and Hangman had amazing runs, but Moxley is something different. I don't know what it is. I've said it before. I've seen him live at GCW. Something about the energy surrounding this guy is different man it's just different i don't know what the hell it is i don't know what happened but he really tapped into something special like not a lot of pro wrestlers like exude the energy that he does in the way that he does it and fans are bloodthirsty for moxley man it's amazing i love it um and they're pointing out that uh, uh a couple of other eliminators of course yamashita beat okay. thunder rosa at um, SummerSlam Princess this year. And then also um, Eddie and Penta beat the Young Bucks um, oh. in that non-title match. And then they went on to face the Young Bucks. Oh, the that's right. Match. Okay. They faced them at Road Rager. Right. And I know that because I was there. Mm -hmm. um, ooh, and then another one. It wasn't necessarily an official eliminator, but they remember Scorpio Sky pinned Chris Jericho. Right. Um, and then he went and then on. And he got to, a title match. He got the title match. Gotcha. So, like, they've they, it's been an established yeah. precedent for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, and they didn't start using the term title eliminator until Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega was mm -hmm. the first time they had used the term title eliminator. And that's right. been, uh, that was them since. Mm -hmm. uh, Very cool. But, yeah, so continuing on uh but yeah lee moriarty i want to talk about lee mm. and that lee got to show out here lee he got to do um what he does best and that is uh, i feel like lee has taken advantage of every single tv opportunity he's ever gotten big facts and uh that's that's been a really cool thing to watch transpire mm -hmm. and i'm really proud of that and um i just i love that for lee moriarty he's gotten to face cm punk on dynamite uh, he got to face Brian Danielson on Dynamite. I think the Brian Danielson match was better to me, but that's just because Brian I Danielson mean, is is Brian the goat. Yeah. yeah, but <laughs> still, no it's still very good. Um, I got yeah, in I, trouble for tweeting something like that before, so. Yes. Either way, I think he's the goat. Uh, yes, Lee Moriarty's doing amazing though. Like you said, every opportunity he's getting, and since no one's surprised here. Ever since he's been with Stokely, it's been upped. He's been more confident. And it showed in the ring last night against the world champion. Immediately when he got in, he got face-to-face -face with John Moxley. If you watch Lee Moriarty from two years ago compared to now, two completely d different wrestlers, he's doing a great job. And I hope this – it feels like this is leading to he might be into some shit with 
Daniel Garcia very soon, which also gets me very excited. So, yeah, I liked everything that they did here. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, and then we had the uh, Billy Gunn birthday bash. Okay. I didn't like this. I didn't uh, like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. I thought it was just too much. Um, yeah. I thought that it went on too long. Exactly. And that I thought that there wasn't enough. Uh, how do I put this? There wasn't enough emphasis on Billy Gunn's hands like right. what happened to him like mm -hmm. ultimately he's like oh i'm still out here i'm still having fun yeah so the same thing uh and i just thought it took too long to get to the point which was the firm beating the shit out of yeah the punchline didn't punch feel him. like i think that's what it was it felt like it didn't really lead to anything like it led, led to that beat down but it didn't feel like we weren't looking for that beat down because the whole time I'm thinking like when Swerve gonna come like Swerve didn't have anything to even do with the segment so it felt yeah. kind of it felt kind of just there it's too long I don't, in the middle of the show doing like I get it like giving it up to Billy Gunn like he should be giving you know we should be giving it up to Billy Gunn but it just felt too long to me yeah it felt too long and I just thought it didn't quite have the punch that uh, the National Scissoring Day segment did. I right. love National Scissoring Day. I thought that was a great segment. I thought everybody was on there. I thought this was a little too much and mm. um, almost like too on the nose. This one wasn't. Yes. Funny. This one uh, felt kind of forced instead yeah. of just like having a great time out there. Right. And then FTR, of course, made the save after the firm beat down. Uh, and that was that. We then got a tag match. We talked a little bit about the fact... I mean, not a tag match. We had a one-on-one -on -one match. There were no tag matches on the show. What am I talking mm -hmm. about? Um, but we had Chris Jericho versus Colt Cabana. He defended the title. Um, you know, I feel like people were really quick to write this match off for one botch. Yep. Um, and I hate that because I, I thought it. otherwise the rest of it was fine. Yeah, no, I hate um, when they... Because that's like... If it's a if it's supposed to be a quote-unquote real fight, it's going to get a little muddy in spots. Like, every single spot doesn't have to be perfect. And then when every single spot is perfect, people are like, this is too rehearsed. This is too choreographed. So you never can win, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, like, I, so of course, it was them slipping off the top rope with, um, yeah. with Colt attempting the Chicago skyline. And uh, then uh, they went to commercial break. And... I felt like they were fine from pretty yeah. much the time um, everything came back. Right, uh, fans were into Colt. Yeah, uh, he, you know, for as much as I saw people kind of treating his uh, his appearance as a the um, fuck you, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, so I, I saw a lot of people. Um, Kind of saying, well, this wasn't spectacular, and this was hyped up. Oh, and it's I like, see. well, I mean, Brian Alvarez kind of hyped it up because he got word of who it was beforehand. But uh, he, but his point was right. He said it was going to get people talking. It did. It worked. That is something big. Like that. That's uh That's confirmed. Something big. Yeah, it, there's been a lot of hype talking. around this. Right. We we spent time talking about it about it on the show. I right. absolutely think so. Um, mm -hmm. but no, I thought the match was fine. Um, but it wasn't. Uh, this was definitely the worst of Chris Jericho's uh, yeah. it, it, ROH title defenses. Yeah, at worst, I'll say it was fine. Yeah, um, I think P 
people were so kind of stuck on that one botch of them falling off the top rope that I think they kind of brought every uh, all of the and, and I love down. I love Colt Cabana, but he's not like you know he's not like the Mister Five Star Frog you know Five Star Match. He's not about that. He's more about comedy, and so for him to this is fine. I think for, yeah. for you know what Billy said to me though, my son mentioned. And I, I was very surprised by this. So Chris Jericho wins the match with the Codebreaker. Mm-hmm. And my son is like, Chris Jericho never wins with that move. That's not a finisher. And I was like, wow, in your lifetime, it has never been a finisher. Right. And I was like, son, that's Chris Jericho's WWE finisher, actually. Mm-hmm. That's a move he did use to win matches. And he's like, he hits that move all the time in AEW, and it never wins. And I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. Like, right. if you're a little kid like my son, who's eight years old, so really the last like four years of wrestling from 2018 on has been his most uh, – that's what he remembers the most about pro wrestling right now. And so for him, of course, Jericho winning with the Codebreakers a lifetime ago. That's mm. just some shit he does in the middle of a match, and it's always one-two kickout. Right. It's a false <laughs> Yeah, if you've been watching wrestling just for the last four years – why would Chris Jericho ever win with the Codebreaker? But that's cool, though. I think more matches should be like that. I like Billy's reaction. Like, I want to see Sami Zayn win with the Blue Thunder Driver. I want to see them win with their signature moves. Sometimes, just to establish that, maybe this false finish is going to be the end of the match. It just helps. Yeah. So this is going to help the Codebreaker in the future because people saw him beat somebody with it. Yeah, I could see that, too. I was just surprised that my son saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then had a three-way for the All-Atlantic Championship. This was the best match of the night. This was fun. Yeah, this was very fun. Um, Orange Cassidy, the All-Atlantic Champion, defended mm-hmm. against Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix. No, Phoenix is there. I'm I'm all in. <laughs> I like yeah. this. This was fun. I did. I liked it. I love the Jungle Jack run-in. I love that he came in. He did that crossbody box that looked very scary looked like the the table almost hit him in the face it was very scary at points there i um like orange cassidy's run right now honestly i think him being the champion i think it's like since that will osprey match he's been pretty on fire like I most think, of his matches have been pretty heat it's crazy i think every criticism of orange cassidy at this stage is completely invalid how could you even criticize this guy at this point he's all i think it's it's completely invalid now i think like what can you say about orange cassidy now where um like i know people were saying this shtick has gotten stale he's not really running with the shtick anymore he is like going into all of his matches with intensity now Mm -hmm. um i've seen like did he do it at all last night I'm like, uh, he did the from... kicks to Ray Phoenix to start, okay. and then, um, and and Ray played into him. Ray was like, "Oh yeah, look, he's kicking me." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was pretty much it. Otherwise, Orange Cassidy's been like starting his matches with fire now, right? Um, as far as the the criticism of, oh well, he's too small. Except like, look how ripped Orange Cassidy's gotten. I mean, he's always been ripped, but like that guy's fucking shredded now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like his All Atlantic Championship win um, did some huge YouTube numbers. He's like po- proving he's a draw. Yeah. Um, his matches deliver, and like even the people who are like, "But he's still a comedy guy." In what way? I, I, Is I, he? Because he I brings really a backpack. Like he has some comedy elements, but he's not a comedy wrestler at no. all. No. 
Like I'm like when people are like, well, this is the, he's the equivalent of Santino Morella. No, he's not. No, Same he's not. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. I hear that all the time though. I like I said, uh, every oh. criticism I hear of OC online is like, I feel it, it, it has been invalidated uh, at this point. And now I think it's even invalidated by the fact that like you hear from like the Jim Cornettes of the world who are like, uh, uh, can you believe that this respected wrestler has to work with Orange Cassidy? And now you're hearing respected wrestlers around the world asking to work with Orange Cassidy, who are absolutely saying. One I of would... <laughs> the most respected wrestler, wrestlers would kill to have a match with these respected wrestlers. One of the most respected wrestlers in the world said, I want to have a match with Orange Cassidy. He said two people, <laughs> Brian Danielson, Which who I, still I just said is the greatest of all time. Yeah, no, I still haven't. Uh, I'm still in my and, feelings about all this. It's crazy. Orange fucking Cassidy. Mm-hmm. What? What? Yeah. What? So Orange Cassidy, of course, he, he retained the title. Um, but I, I actually did enjoy this match quite a yeah, bit. The match um, was awesome. Yeah. And but the aftermath of the match was something I didn't see coming at all. I thought Jeff Jarrett was the thing that um Brian Alvarez was talking about when he said something big was gonna happen Same on the here. show. But nope. Shivada's music hits. What? And like that was a thing from uh, Forbidden Door. I forgot about that mm. was something that after Forbidden Door, I was like, ah, maybe we'll do Shibata and Orange Cassidy next year. Maybe Orange Cassidy goes to New Japan. Maybe something along those lines happens. Did not even consider that. I'm still confused, honestly. <laughs> I'm like. I was. I think we are all kind of waiting for Suzuki because they were building the internet folklore. Now is this match with Orange Cassidy, Minoru Suzuki that was supposed to happen, never happened. It's been in the air. They've been telling Tony to book this match. So I was watching this match, expecting Minoru Suzuki to come out at the end. That's what I thought. Not go hype. It was going to be great. And then Shibata comes. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a Kazanina Ray night. Like, yeah, and then yet. when so it's all happening. He gets in the ring. He has a stare, and I'm still sitting confused. I'm like, is he is Suzuki? Is he going to sign the contract for Suzuki? Like, I don't know what's going on. And then Orange hands him the contract, and he signs it himself. And I'm just like, what? How? What? What do you? Yep. And it's going to happen on Friday. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm still very confused about this whole thing. I'm excited. And then he said he also wants to wrestle Brian Danielson. So, bro, I'm just. I want to talk about the wildest segment of the night, though. Which <laughs> immediately came right after following this. it. Immediately following. They're like, and now let's go to the back with Tony Schiavone and Rick Ross. And, like, we heard Rick Ross was going to be there. As a matter of fact, I'll leave a report that. I had heard back in the summer, and I think I told you guys, right, that Rick Ross was in discussions for making an AEW appearance. Um, That, I will tell you why I didn't report that at the time. That sounds fucking outrageous. That sounds the same. When you (laughs) saw that, I was like, what what is Will talking about? I know. I was like, (laughs) Rick Ross, I remember I told my brother-in-law about this, and he's like, come on man Rick yeah, Ross, right. no fucking way Rick Ross coming in and like as when time went on I thought okay my chain was being pulled I'm sure mm-hmm. no goddamn way wow. that that was happening I think good. I remember telling you in our group chat that Rick Ross was like like maybe there was they wanted him but I can't imagine that there's like that it's actually happening mm-hmm. 
Oh my God, Rick Ross. Right to Rick Ross, Swerve, and Tony Schiavone. He was Tony. excited too. He was having the time of his life during that Darby and uh, AJ Lethal match. The big cheese in with the phone camera out. I love it. Amazing, yeah. man. Having such a great time. They go to the back. He starts, he goes immediately into promo mode because he's a, a, a hip hop artist that's probably watch wrestling as a kid so he's into the you know he's hella funny he does what he did last night on the internet all the time we love his videos because exactly what he did right here and so um <laughs> i don't know why when keith lee came and i'm like are they gonna fight like i got vibes of like what if we had rick ross versus keith lee though like when my god happen? though rick ross was into <laughs> all of this and you know he's like we got to keep it positive mm. uh when keith lee comes in and keith lee points out that hey you cheated against billy gunn you cheated last week and i feel like it's not even a feel like thing i need to point out to people keith asked the question there that a lot of people have not been paying attention to um because everybody was so wrapped up in how good rick ross was doing mm-hmm. but keith lee asked the question he said to swerve who was holding your camera? So um, hey, that was a thing that Rick Ross, I mean, that was a thing that Keith Lee asked, kind of slid under the radar there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was because Rick Ross had owned this segment. And, right. you know, we didn't that, forget, I forgot about the story. I was just like, damn, Rick Ross did such a great job. Yes. Accusations, 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 false yes. accusations. Amazing. I loved it. Every single part of it. Rick Beautiful Ross and wrestling just fit like a glove so easily. I can't <laughs> like it's amazing. It's great. I can't believe Ross was here. I can't believe this actually happened. Rick Ross is <laughs> he, he all elite. like I said, I was shocked because again. Uh, and shout out to True God because he pointed it out first on Twitter um, that Rick Ross was in the front row. He, he tweeted, yeah. he was like, uh, I think Rick Ross is here. I see him in the front row. And this is before the show had started. Mm-hmm. And my brain immediately bent, went back to what I heard in the summer about Rick Ross, like in talks to do a thing with AEW. Because like the original thing I heard was that it would be at All Out and um, or around All Out. Mm-hmm. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, all right, well, maybe Rick Ross just isn't happening. <laughs> Here he goes. Here he is. Speaking of people being in the front row, we uh, when Jericho did his promo and he tried to call out Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson was just like, "Don't, don't put me in this." <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson was at ringside too. Lamar fans, Jackson was like, there that took too. people out of the the Moxley match. Yeah, um, because they saw Lamar Jackson at ringside and were like, they "What could the not hell?" Control it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's so, our quarterback. Uh, <laughs> and then it. continuing on with Dynamite, we saw Jade mm-hmm. Cargill very quickly dispose of Marina Shafir. And that was also an amazing transition going from Rick Ross and Swerve and Keith Lee to a clip of Bow Wow and Jade on the Shade Room. Yeah. I was like, bro, what is going on? I on know. No, th- yeah, wild. that's the thing I want to talk about right now is like, <laughs> I've already been feeling. And guys. I'm going to big up Swerve. It's going to happen forever. I gave the guy wrestler of the year in 2017. Um, And like, you should know at this point, it's a thing I do. He's number two on my list too, because I'm cloudy, baby. (laughs) And and in 2017, 
half the people went, you gave it to Swerve Str- or you gave it to Shane Strickland. Who the hell even is that? And I'm like, just trust me. Trust. You saw what he did in 2017. He was the guy. Match with Matt Riddle for the uh, MLW Championship. Phenomenal stuff. But anyway, I've already been feeling like he is the guy in terms of um hold on a second <laughs> sorry my wife is wondering where the car key is it's in my oh, pocket okay. um <laughs> thought you was getting a scoop uh here it's right here at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll, I'll be there in a sec anyway my thing with swerve is that he is there's a lot of guys who have transitioned from WWE to AEW in the last uh, pretty much since the start of AEW. I would say FTR probably belongs in this conversation, but there's been a select few who I would say raised their profile in transitioning to AEW. At mm-hmm. best, you could say they probably have an equal profile. Some did lose, but like it's really hard when WWE is the largest promotion in the world to it say is. that you raised your profile going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe Swerve Strickland has raised his profile. When you Fact. think about him throwing out the first pitch at the Marlins game, you think about him being on Sirius XM with DJ Who Kid, you think about um, the Grammys. The Grammys. Do you think about him being with Rick Ross? All of this stuff. And he's still going in there. And I think still also as a performer doing the best work of his career. I think that he is, I think he has raised his profile as a performer. Facts. Number one, about to be world champion, setting himself up for greatness. I mean, we, we've we been talking about it for a long time on this podcast. A very infamous clip of me saying he's really going to get his shit off when he gets out of there. He got out of there and really started getting his shit off. No one's really surprised. But honestly, it's even more than I really even expected. I mean, we've seen Kevin Gates and uh, DJ Who Kid and, and all these people that I never even expected to be seeing on a pro wrestling program that are excited to be in pro wrestling, that are excited to be alongside Swerve, that are excited for everything that he's doing. I never thought I'd see Rick Ross on a TV uh, wrestling show having a great time. And Swerve is a part of the reason why that's happening. So even beyond what I thought he was just going to do as a great wrestler, he's brought so much more to the table in AEW that it's just amazing to see. So we're going to keep up to it. If you hate it, uh, we're going to keep, it's going to get even worse from this point, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Jade Cargill, she had a match with Marina Shafir. It was a short affair, but it was really about Nyla on uh, doing live commentary in the building. (laughs) Um, And what can we uh, say about Nyla Rose? Honestly? Yeah. Like I, I know that there's, there's one particular person trying to make a big stink about this on Twitter, but like, dude, it was a two minute and twenty second match. What the fuck are we even doing here? And finally, in the main event, we saw Samoa Joe take on Brian Cage. Guys, I forget how good Brian Cage is. Um, I would even say that Brian Cage was better than Samoa Joe here. Um, Brian Cage, he's actually good. I like this match. I did like this match as well. Um. I probably wouldn't have put this in the main event just because of the uh, the stature of the Ring of Honor World Title match. Right. But Brian Cage did what he was supposed to do. 
We did. He, he was did. very he, good here. He did. Uh, he showed why Brian Cage is Brian Cage. That pump handle thing he did to Joe where he flipped him. Like, no one does Joe. Like, what they're saying on commentary, no one does Joe like that. Uh, he did all the shit. Get Mr. Get My Shit In. That was Brian Cage right here on display. Going ham. Being a powerhouse. Doing all the wild shit he can against an opponent that usually, like, he usually, he does this against a lot of guys. But seeing him do it against Samoa Joe is super impressive. I like the way that they've been using Samoa Joe in whatever positions they're putting him in. They know that he's a big deal. They know that he's going to deliver in whatever position that he's put in. And he did it here. But you know what the bread and butter of this whole segment was. At the end, Samoa Joe got the victory over Brian Cage, is immediately attacked by Khan. And um, I always forget the other homie's name. Teo Bishop Khan, by the way, Bishop Khan and Teo, which is a great. I mean, I love like, that honestly, name. Yeah, yeah, I think they added a lot to it by adding mm-hmm. Bishop to his name. Right. So yeah, they came and attacked Samoa Joe. The big homie Wardlow makes the save, and then the bigger homie comes in, hits that big spine buster on Wardlow, leaves him laying on the mat, pitch that TNT Championship up. Raises it to the sky. The show ends. The big homie, your next TNT champion. Respect it. You thought I was crazy to talk about Swerve. Wait till Will Hobbs wins this championship. You're not going to be able to tell me shit. I'm probably going to be crying like a little girl in the front row of whatever show it is. Yes, so be prepared for it. Are you going to make it to full gear? Because I think that's when it is. No, he better not. You better hold (laughs) Hold off until California. I don't care. Milk it. Do whatever you need to do for two more months because we need it here. Tony Khan. Uh, the only other things I wanted to bring up were, um, so I thought it was a middle of the road show. I'd like, I'm not going to go off and say like, I'm not the type of person that thinks that every AEW show that doesn't deliver is the worst show. Mm -hmm. I would say this was a middle of the road. The first hour was a little bit, um, clunky, but Mm -hmm. then I thought that a lot of stuff in the second hour was exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so I, you know, it's about middle of the road. Like if I were to grade it, I'd probably say like a B minus or even mm-hmm. like a C plus, but it's fine. Um, I didn't dislike it. It was just, like I said, it had a bit of a clunky first hour and then um, picked up in the second. Ratings are in. Uh, I did 911,000, uh, 0.29 rating, uh, which was good for number three. It lost to the two NBA games ahead of it. Of course. Um, and of course, the World Fucking Series uh, yes. was also on TV. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Um, this was actually above the first show of November in 2021. So Pretty year over good year, considering the damn World Series is on. Yeah. And basketball. Year over year, it was, it was actually up uh, 1%, so not by a whole lot. But uh, that's it. That's ratings. Check out Brandon Thurston and WrestleNomics. Subscribe to WrestleNomics if you're not subscribed um, to them because they provide a lot of great content. But otherwise, folks, that's it for this edition of uh, – actually, no, it's not. I'm like, we got through all the Super Chats? Like, uh, I want to make sure I get through the Super Chats. Uh, this mm-hmm. one from Bugaboo Jones says, Haven't watched Dynamite yet, so only dropping in for a minute. What are they doing with Eddie Kingston? He tried to light a guy on fire a few months ago, but <laughs> now people are concerned about his temper? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I know. I think it's they're like, setting up something cool with Eddie Kingston. I think it's just a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, well, it would have been a quicker burn if he had, uh, <laughs> they hadn't let him. Yeah, if they had let him off. set anybody on fire. Uh, and then we got Black uh, Phoenix Brand uh, says, let's do this. Oh, I didn't get the whole message. 
uh, well, too late now. Uh, it says, um, late tuning in, but I wanted to get this question in. Maybe it's the Tennessee in me and the fact that I grew up watching him before his WWE days, but can anyone explain the hate for Jeff Jarrett that wrestling fans seem to have? Again, it's the TNA run. Um, I That's think it. that he was on top in a time where he didn't feel like a top guy. Uh, and there were so many guys that people wanted to see pushed in that promotion. Like he won when Jeff Hardy should have won. He was kind of a, a Oh yeah. Guy. I thought your thing earlier was leading to Monty Brown. I was I like, Monty, Brown? Monty Brown. Yeah. Monty Brown. That was mm-hmm. another one that people wanted to see win. Um, Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of guys at that time period that people wanted to see on top and impact. And they just didn't get to see it because Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and like it is nice that AEW in its existence hasn't quite had anybody in that role yet mm-hmm. of like a guy who's in a huge position of power who is holding the belt hostage. Like Kenny was the closest, but people were screaming for Kenny to be champion. Yeah, not seriously. wanting him to like people were saying maybe he should win at full gear last mm-hmm. year. Like AEW yeah, I don't think anybody has done it like Jeff Jarrett has done. It. It's like so different because his like, like even when Kenny did it, like his hands weren't in as many pots as like Jeff Jarrett's hand. Like this cut, like Impact and TNA existed because he got the money and like he was just so connected. And for him to not give it up for so long, it wasn't like he just, it's just like you knew he wasn't supposed to be in the positions because they were guys better than him and he was doing, it felt like a lot of it was out of spite. So I think that's why people like, are connected to that so i think he'll be able to live it down though he's done a lot of things that that people are just yeah. like that's eh, jeff jarrett yep but that's it for this edition of day after dynamite tune in tomorrow at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific um for a brand new edition of grap city and that'll feature myself and media man righteous reg um until next time though folks peace All right, I got everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.